These are the things that I learned during the 43rd week of 2010, October 24th through October 30th. October 24th. My hat makes a great rain shield for the Canon EOS 7D. This one's kind of a silly one, I guess. I was out in the field with a brand new camera for the student TV organization. It was the Canon EOS 7D. This was a DSLR, and it costs hundreds if not thousands of dollars for the organization to acquire. And I had it out on assignment to film something, unfortunately. I can't really quite recall what that something was. But it was starting to rain, and I just thought, let's put my hat over it to shield it from the rain. And apparently that worked out well enough for shooting to commence and complete. That's about it. It is something I learned. Not the highest quality thing. But you know what? Not all of these are going to be winners. October 25th. How to set up a Minecraft server on Mac OS X. This was back when survival multiplayer in Minecraft was very, very, very new. To the point where it was still technically in beta and a lot of features were not implemented yet. Specifically, enemies implementation. So you could make a server and it would be in survival mode. Folks can join it. You could mine items, you could mine blocks, you could explore, you could build, but enemies weren't exactly working yet. They didn't spawn in the world, and it kind of was boring for a while until multiplayer became fully baked in future releases of Minecraft. I believe at the time this was Minecraft Alpha. I don't think it was even beta yet. It was still very much in active development, but multiplayer was still super fun. Especially back then when it was brand new and everyone was still pining to play together. October 26th. Setting attributes for columns in SQL tables. I was taking a rather difficult SQL programming course in my IT degree. I was trying to just figure out my way around SQL in general. This would have been Microsoft SQL Server 2008, I believe would have still been fairly current, as it was 2010, and Microsoft tended to name its products based on the year it was released, or at least around the year it was released. But they kept it around for a while. They might release different revisions or service packs, and it might be just recently that they're starting to move away from that naming convention. Regardless, SQL 2008, the Microsoft flavor, was the one that I was working with. This class was pretty difficult. On this day, I was figuring out how to set column attributes in tables to be able to query and retrieve and set properties, all of that. It was difficult, but it was worth learning because SQL is important for a lot of database and overall data management, especially when it comes to IT or programming or DevOps or anything like that. October 27th. It is really difficult to get macOS 10.3.9 to work with anything multimedia related. It's just too damn old. I was trying to get an older Macintosh to work with, like I said, multimedia things. Basic video playback, not even HD, just standard def, or transferring files or viewing photos. It was all just unexpectedly difficult with this version of the OS. In 2010, even then, this operating system was fairly old and outdated, even though it was 10.6 that was the current version, and this was only 
But bear in mind, back then, Mac OS X was not a yearly release that it is today. Things were a lot different back then. The operating systems only came out when they needed to come out, and for years and years and years, you might be on one that would just receive minor security patches or very small feature updates here and there if you were only lucky. And macOS 10.3.9, I guess, just never really got the multimedia support that was needed later on, even as uh, late as 2010. You either had to keep up with the operating system releases or risk being left behind. October 28th. I learned the intro to Boston's rock and roll band on guitar, as well as a few other miscellaneous songs as main riffs. Particularly, I got Knights of Sidonia by Muse down fairly well. I got a Fender Telecaster and was desperately trying to figure out how to play the guitar. Let's just say that didn't exactly pan out. After a while, I kind of faded away and gave up on the whole endeavor entirely. I still have the guitar to this day, but it has not seen use in many, many, many years. For a short hot minute though, in 2010, I was able to play a few songs and figure out tablature and even play some songs that I could only previously play in Guitar Hue and Rock Band, but this time on a real electric guitar. I even was able to get it hooked up via a 3.5mm jack to my computer's surround sound system, which was pretty awesome, albeit a little impractical. But it helped when you didn't have an amp in your dorm room. That also is to be considered. October 29th. Everyone thinks I'm 21. Also, figured out fraps and recording my screen. Okay, the first one doesn't really mean much of anything or amount to anything other than I was 20, but I could pass for 21 apparently in bars or in general, which is kind of funny because nowadays I seem to have the opposite problem where people think I'm younger than I actually am. Oh well, I guess that is how it goes. Screen recording wasn't really as easy to do as it is now. Some operating systems even have it built in, like iOS, possibly Android. And on Windows, you have tons and tons of options that are straightforward and the user experience is really straightforward and easy. However, you were basically stuck with like garbage like Bandicam or maybe Fraps if your computer could run it or if you could figure out the interesting user interface to it, which I could never really quite understand. As far as I know, I think Fraps was mainly for gaming, which was fine if you wanted to record games, but if you were just looking to record your desktop, I'm not sure how well it integrated with it. It's been a long time since I've used Fraps, my recorder of choice is OBS Studio, also known as Open Broadcaster Software. I use that for streaming as well as recording and screencasting. I do it with OBS, but Fraps was the old school way of doing it. October 30th. Got IP printing to work at my house with a Mac. We had a US Robotics wireless router with a USB port and built-in print server. We had a printer which was hooked up via this USB port and we had it configured to be accessible over the network. It was a new idea that we had to use a Mac to print to it. On Windows I knew it like the back of my hand, you know, you just go into devices and printers, you add the printer, I wrote down the IP address and the specific path that it required to get it added. But on the Mac side, it took a little bit more finesse and research to figure out how you do it in the OS X world. 
Over time though, I did figure it out and it ultimately worked. In subsequent years, this router and this printer model didn't seem to play very nice with OS X. I recall we had issues in future editions of Mac OS, particularly Mac OS Lion, Mountain Lion, Mavericks, more or less the post-Snow Leopard operating systems. Time marches on. These were the things I learned during the 43rd week of 2010. Thanks for tuning in. If you thought this content was worthwhile, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating if it deserves it. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time.